Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 6, Episode 7. My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerell. And the film we're going to talk about this evening is... Mandy. Mandy. Yes. And uh, um, without any knowledge of what this film is or anything about it other than the title, I can tell you... Very straightforwardly, this is a new Richard Curtis film uh, based in um, Sorry. based in a fashionable part of London, um, which features uh, a person called Mandy and a charming yet witless uh, male love interest, which drones on to the end. Before finally finishing after a mercifully short ninety three minutes <clears throat> well that's that's quite brief for a richard Curtis movie um uh, no you're you are as far as far off the mark as you've ever been by the way I'm by the very, way the, very glad to hear that I think the, the rollicking Disney adventure seems to have fallen oh, by the wayside yeah, just, of late well I can't <laughs> help it if we don't cover rollicking Disney adventures well no, we don't no. Um, because people have seen them and they don't need our help. I think um, people don't need well, our help. The, people don't need our help. I think one of the features of this podcast is I I usually choose things that are, you know, that maybe didn't get a huge release, mm-hmm. and that um, that maybe people should seek out because of that. Uh, but that's not always the case. Although I, I'd say I don't, I don't say we don't talk about blockbusters on this podcast. I think that's probably true. We talked about some blockbusters. We talk about well, actually, Interstellar is an example of a that was a a fairly popular film. Mm-hmm. We talked about Blade Runner. Although was that that, that, was, that was not a spoilery special. one? Yeah. yeah, as was Rogue One and General Star Wars chat is. Yeah, that's just those are just extras for you, listener. Yes, that's right. Um. We also did. We also talked about Spectre and said it was meh. Yeah, which it was meh. Um, although Eon released a, um, a photo of Daniel Craig in a grey suit, mm-hmm. and damn, damn, that's some good tailoring. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how how he manages to look so good. It's the tailoring. Well, th- that and the fact that he hits the gym probably eight hours a day before he shoots. <laughs> It's his job. We've discussed this before. It's his job. <laughs> it's his job to look ripped. Yeah. <laughs> and he does, he does very well at it, to be fair. Yeah, well done, Daniel. Well done, Daniel Craig. Doh. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I do feedback, but we haven't had any. Uh-huh. Um, but we did... We, there was a... Um, looking back through Twitter, we, we, we did have some interaction with some folks all about the movie Glass. Right. In which people asked, I think, I think it was your good self that picked up on people saying, "If I haven't seen any of the other movies, should I still watch Glass?" Oh yes, yes. Someone, someone did ask that, and I, I was trawling Twitter for people who might be interested in our podcast, and I replied to that. Yeah, that was a good move. That was a good move. I admire your um, uh, lack of self-respect. No, oh. no. I was thinking resourcefulness. Oh, resourcefulness. Yeah, resourcefulness. <laughs> Um, no, no. I don't think. I think that's you know. Uh, I think building building listeners is building important. an audience. Yeah. Finding an audience. Um, to which I replied, "Yes, you you should watch the previous ones." 
Yeah, I don't think that was the answer the person wanted to hear. No, I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it was just like, yeah, go for it. But I think you'll be lost if you watched it without seeing the previous ones. Um, and there's nothing wrong with watching those previous movies because they're very good. Yes, and we can only speak the truth. Yes. It's what we do indeed. here. We speak the truth. He speaks the truth. If my people are cloaked, they will attack. Um, so we have no feedback. <laughs> we have nothing. So, um, uh, you, oh yes, you were looking to see what the most popular podcasts are. I was just reading an article about the most popular podcasts. Yes. Um, have you ever listened to Welcome to Night Vale? I have not. Okay, no. it's quite good. It's it's like um, weird. Okay, I like weird. Um, and they've made another podcast called Alice Isn't Dead, which is which is sounds like it's a, a more traditional drama. Welcome to Night Vale is a radio show from a town in which very weird things happen. Okay. Like the way, the radio news type thing. But so Alice is Isn't like Dead is sounds like normal Tuesday, fiction. Tuesday, no one died. Wednesday, <laughs> Alice didn't die. <laughs> so yeah, Alice isn't dead. They put first. You mm -hmm. must remember this, which is about old old world Hollywood. Another round, which is people who drink. Atletico mm. Mints, which is apparently a football ah. podcast for people who don't like football. That is Bob Mortimer. Yes, and what and caught somebody my somebody else? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, someone else is Andy Dawson. So what Andy Dawson, what caught yeah. my interest about the the Guardian's description of that podcast was that it was a new entrant in the overstuffed two blokes ramble on about whatever genre. Oh, well, that's us, isn't it? <laughs> and I thought, overstuffed? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Surely there's room for one more. There's room for one more. Um, I didn't learn anything about what makes a podcast popular from this, this list. Um, yes. I mean, I think what makes podcasts good is that um, you get to know people. And uh, and if you like listening to them rambling, then you like it. Yeah, that's that's pretty much why I listen to stuff. So, uh, you know, I've got a fairly broad range of, of podcasts in my podcasting app of choice. What I have found about podcasts is that they are capable of changing my mind about something hmm. much more than other media. I think because of that phenomenon that you, you, it feels like the people on the podcast are your friends... I mean, in our case, if you're listening to this listener, the people on the podcast probably are your friends or your family. Let's be honest. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that's very likely. Um, but certainly, it, I, there's definitely two members of my family that listen to our podcast. But anyway, listener, if um, if you're listening to this podcast, you are our friend. Um, yes, you are. Uh, you said that in a slightly sinister way, then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it's a sinister thing to say, so I think that's only honest. You are our friend. Um, but yeah, it means that if my theory is right, if we try and persuade you of something, for example, why you should ditch Facebook, um, we'll, we're well, more likely to persuade you than some other media. It worked for me. I, I looked back, I was taking a very brief look back through the statistics of how many people were visiting our page. Something very weird happened last November. We were getting loads and loads and loads of visits. Hmm. And then we stopped, and I think something went was wrong with Stitcher or something like that. The, okay. the podcast catcher, and suddenly, I read I redid the feeds. I think it was in Stitcher, and suddenly, um, 
our bandwidth use went down a lot and I guess at that point that's what happened that was when that happened but yeah right. since then I was looking and we get a small spike of visits when we release a podcast which is sort of encouraging because yep. it means those are actually people <laughs> looking at the podcast yeah not listening. bots um yeah. But the the biggest spike, which wasn't that big, that we had was when we when we did the Facebook episode. Oh, cool! So that is encouraging. Uh, I wonder whether there was interest from people in my Mastodon following who are who tend to be pretty geeky and against stuff like Facebook. So yeah, and maybe maybe, maybe not so interested in maybe not so interested in films. Yeah, or not so interested in our opinions <laughs> on films. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah. It is. I'll leave that hanging. That's a Big Lebowski quote. <laughs> Big Lebowski has come up a couple of times in our um, I love that our internet so chat over the last week or so. That's one of my favourite quotes. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fantastic. <laughs> I like that, that and I am, I am the walrus. I am the walrus as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, people need to seek these clips out. They're on YouTube. Search for Big Lebowski, Iron the Walrus, and uh, you will enjoy it. In fact, just just watch the movie. You should watch the film. I don't think you should watch the clips yeah. out of context, listener. No, maybe not. No, watch the movie. And you, the first time I watched it, probably said this before, I'm going to say it again. The first time I watched it, I was like, what is this? What even is this? <laughs> it's not funny. It's not going anywhere. And then, the, and then the second time I watched it, I was just falling all over the floor laughing. So. Oh, really? You didn't like it? Yeah. Then? That's interesting. No, I didn't like it at all the first time. And, and in fact, I sat down with a friend of mine at the time, and we we tore it to pieces. Right. And then I sat, and then I watched it a few years later, and I was just like, "How could I be so wrong about this film?" So the Coen Brothers, I don't know whether that was the first Coen Brothers film I saw. It was, that, it was one of the early ones. Uh, yes, not that. Yeah, I suppose it is. No, I mean, it's early late. in my in my experience. Oh, of I them. see. Late nineties. Yeah. Um, uh, what's my favourite Coen Brothers film? What is your favourite? I think it, maybe it's it Fargo. Martin, think? Oh, it's Fargo. Fargo's brilliant. I mean, the way the way they say yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could feeling listen a bit to that sick, eh? <laughs> and then when yeah. she's... At, right at the beginning when she's sick. Yeah. And just... Oh, she's just so... It's just so great. The yeah. accents are just so spot on in that film. <laughs> so great. It's so great. I like that. I like the one about um, the writer... Barton Fink. Barton Fink. Barton Fink is good. I like a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, on that, on a kind of ten, it's a related note, I suppose. There's a there's a TV series of Joseph Heller's um, novel Catch Twenty Two. Ah, yes, I watched an episode. That's currently on Channel Four. Yes. Produced by and briefly starring George Clooney. Yes. Which I thought was very good. Right. Um, yeah, I watched it and I was undecided. Okay. My wife wasn't impressed, but I think it needs to be given time. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the first episode. I thought it had had the tone of the movie version of Mash as well as the TV show, but mostly the movie uh, in the irreverent tone, which mm. I suppose Mash owes a debt to Catch Twenty Two. Mm. Um, the irreverent tone, the ridiculousness of war, mm. the stupid rules that you have to follow. Yeah, I couldn't decide what it was. Is okay. it like? Is it funny? Is it? It's supposed to be satirical, <clears throat> really, really black, blackly humorous. Yeah. So like, like Robert Altman's movie of Mash. Yeah, which is amazing. Which is fantastic. If but, people haven't seen that, and they're, they're only 
exposure to MASH is the TV show, which is very good. You know, it's an iconic TV show. But the movie is a whole other thing. Yeah, they, I actually, I, I like the movie uh, for, for how well made it is. Yeah, it's really um, well made. Not necessarily yeah. how funny it is or how serious. Yeah, I, I think it is blackly comic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, the cast are just fantastic. The the fact that there's constantly two or three people talking at the same time. Yeah, that's very that's a, that's an Altman trope. It's so it's yeah. so well done in that. Yeah, so lots of people talking, and also the use of long lenses to shoot scenes. Yeah. Um, so Altman will frequently set up a scene and then put the camera about half a mile away, put a massive lens on it, <laughs> and then shoot it from there. <laughs> I really like the player. Yeah, the player is fantastic. Yeah. I often forget about the player, actually, even though I've seen the player quite a few times. Mm. I forget about it in Altman's canon, and then I and then I remember it and think, oh, yeah, he made the player. So, yeah, I think about Catch-22, I think I need to wait. I was... I found, that, like, the his fear really gripping, and I really mm. felt his fear. Um, yeah. But I'm, like, feeling a lot of fear at the moment. Maybe it was just too much fear. I mean, obviously, well, you won't, I like you The won't Walking like years Dead. And, years and years, then. Have you watched Years and Years? No. Oh wow! Oh yeah. Okay. Um, check that out. But that will definitely put the fear into you, right? If you're feeling fearful, right? Yeah, I th- I like Walking Dead because it's it's fear that I'm okay with feeling. I guess. Well, it's it's pure fantasy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That was. Shall we shall we crack on with our film? Yeah, I think cracking on at this point would be <laughs> probably be overstating yeah. it. We've already digressed too much. <laughs> <clears throat> Should we get on with it before we lose our last listener? I think that's a good idea. Okay, so Mandy mm-hmm. is a 2018 film mm-hmm. directed by Panos Cosmatos, who is the son of George Cosmatos, who was um, who's no longer with us, but made um, a bunch of movies in the 80s and 90s. Most notably, I think for me, the movie um, Tombstone, with uh, Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp. And I think a career best performance by Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. All right, I don't um, think I've seen that. Really eye-catching performance by Val Kilmer, in which he employs a now dead Southern accent, you know, an antiquated Southern accent as Doc Holliday, mm. and he looks mightily unwell because Doc Holliday had Doc Holliday had um, consumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tombstone's really good. But anyway, yeah, so uh, Panos Cosmatos is the son of George Cosmatos. And the movie was writ- co-written by Cosmatos and Aaron Stewart Ahn. And it was a co-production of the United States and Canada. The film stars Nicolas Cage. Oh dear. In, a, in I think his first appearance on our, in our pod, in a movie, <laughs> I think. Well, for the main movie, he's been mentioned a number of times. Yes. For, um, uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, what uh, am I thinking, The Wicker Man. Yes, yes, he has been mentioned. And face not off. The, not the booze. Face. Take his off. face off. His face. <laughs> Funny enough, that comes up a lot in just regular pop culture. <laughs> uh, also stars Andrea Riseborough, who is awesome. Uh, Linus Roach, who is awesome. Ned Dennehy. Olwyn Fourier, I think, Fourier. Richard Brake and Bill Duke from Predator. Who is he in Predator? He is. Oh no! What's the character's name? 
You don't have to remember the name. Just give me a general idea. Okay, he's the one with the with the razor who's shaving his head and it breaks. Okay. And he's the one that goes, "I see you." <laughs> and then he gets and then he gets killed. <laughs> but I can't remember the character's name. It will come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that premiered, was a, that was many years ago. Many years ago, but but a film that I still really enjoy mm-hmm. watching. Predator. Uh, so Mandy premiered at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival and was theatrically released in September in 2018. Mm-hmm. It, re- it received critical acclaim with praise directed at its style and originality, Cage's performance, mm-hmm. Cosmato's direction, and the action sequences. So Cage, uh, Cage is a good actor. Well, Cage is a good actor. But he's uh, almost given, universally in terrible films. Well, he's, you know, Cage has got to eat. He's got a divorce to pay for, so... Um, name a good he film he's in. Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, name another. <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> okay, that's why he made it. Uh, also, Peggy Sue got married, which is very good. Listener, um, send us a tweet or a toot or a comment on the blog telling us a good film with Nicolas Cage in a major role. Yeah, okay. That's, that's a good challenge. Uh, also, uh, bad lieutenant, bad lieutenant, colon, port of call, New Orleans. I think we discussed this before. It's Cage and Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. Mic drop. Yeah, I remember you. I remember you. Uh, also, <laughs> what about uh, thank you for smoking? Is that good? Uh, that's not, that's not Nicholas Cage. That's Aaron Eckhart. What? Maybe he's in it. I thought he was, I haven't seen it. Okay, no, it's Aaron Eckhart in Thank You for Smoking. What am I thinking of, then? I don't know. Oh, no, the one where he's an arms dealer. Oh, yeah, that's good. God of War. God of War, okay. Also, uh, we should also see... Um, oh, Blue Velvet. No, not Blue Velvet. The the David Lynch... Oh, God, the one with Laura Dern. Um, oh, no... I'm going to have to look it up now. I can't help you, sorry. David Lynch. It'll, also, I'd like to apologise to the listener. Yes. David Lynch, Cage. I actually made, accidentally made Andy C look something up on the internet. Wild at Heart. Okay. He's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's another amazing... So, you know, we've just I've just reeled off like four or five amazing films with Nicolas Cage in. Okay, that's why we think Nicolas Cage is good, right? Cause he's... Yeah, he is good, because okay. he is good. Okay. But, you know, as you rightly pointed out, he he does have a roster of really bad films under his belt. <laughs> yeah, and the really bad ones are the ones we can't remember, because they're so bad we immediately rubbish, forgot them. Yeah. Although I, I did watch one last year or the year before called Mum and Dad, which is a lot of fun. Okay. <clears throat> in which... He sings the hokey cokey whilst tearing a garage to pieces. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, so is Mandy that the whole was film? no. Okay. Mandy was scored by Johan Johansson. I've heard that Johan, name. Johan Johansson, an Icelandic uh, film composer, um, who has sadly uh, passed away in February 2018. Very young, actually. He was born in 69. So, um, what does that make him? 49. Um, he pres- he uh, produced the music for, among others, Denis Villeneuve's Prisoners, mm-hmm. a movie called Sicario, oh, Sicario. which is fantastic. Uh, Arrival, which is fantastic. Yeah, uh, the Theory of Everything, which is 
pretty good. Mm-hmm. One, one Eddie Red maybe an Oscar. I haven't seen that. Um, let's see what else. Oh, he was uh, music and sound consultant on Mother. Mother. And his scores for Mary Magdalene, which looks dreadful, <laughs> and Mandy were released posthumously. So, is Mary Magdalene a follow-up to um, the Last Temptation Passion of, of Christ? Christ? Oh, the Passion uh, of the no. Christ. No, I mean Mary Magdalene has got a really good cast. So it's got um, Joaquin Phoenix as as Jesus stepping off of the set of uh, the movie that we talked about a few pods ago. You were never really here, uh-huh. so bearded and um, <laughs> a bit a bit ripped. <laughs> And it's uh, and Rooney Mara as Mary Magdalene and somebody who was it described? I think Robbie Collin described it as all the cast look like they've stepped out of a um, a hair products commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did Jesus spend a lot of time down the gym? Well, I think he must have done down the gym and getting his hair done, <laughs> and uh, presumably with a really good diet, high in a really good diet, high, high, high protein. protein diet, high protein diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. One to avoid, I think. And he was white. Probably. Uh, yeah, he was very much a white man. Right, right, with a beard. Yeah. Yeah. So not Semitic at all. <clears throat> no. So there we go, one to avoid. Anyway, I digressed again. <laughs> this is this is becoming... I think we should just embrace the... Uh, embrace the Season digression. 6, Episode 7, The Digression. Yes. Uh, so uh, the film is dedicated to Johan Johansson. Which I think okay. is a nice a nice touch. So, uh, the plot of Mandy is that Red Miller, who is played by Nicholas Cage, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to use that every time I say his name. <laughs> it just makes uh, me want to say I'm going to take his face off. Well, you just have to keep saying that. Um he lives with his girlfriend, artist Mandy Bloom, who's played by Andrea Riseborough. They live in a cabin near a lake. He works as a logger. We know this because we see a montage of him doing some logging <laughs> at the beginning of the film. <laughs> While Mandy has a day job as a cashier at a nearby gas station in the woods. She okay. creates elaborate fantasy art and, and Red admires her work greatly. He probably says, well, like, hey, baby, this is really good. It's good, it's good, good. <laughs> You're I not selling remember. this film. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, so they need, a, he, they need a quiet and reclusive life. And their conversations and behaviour hint at a difficult past and psychological hardship. So is this a film named after a woman, but actually about a man? Uh, yes. Just checking. Yes. Yes. So Red appears to be a recovering alcoholic and possible veteran. And Mandy recounts traumatic childhood experiences. So they're a bit damaged. They're a mm-hmm. bit messed up, this mm-hmm. couple. But they seem to be good for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but on her way to work one day, Mandy walks past a van carrying the children of the new dawn. Um, a deviant Manson-esque hippie cult led by Jeremiah Sand, who's played by Linus Roach. Sand is struck by Mandy's beauty and orders one of his disciples to kidnap her uh, with the help of the Black Skulls, who are a demonic biker gang with a taste for human flesh. (laughs) What? Yes, really, and a liquid, highly potent form of LSD. 
So, uh, how many biker gangs are there that have a taste for human flesh? Because this is a psychedelic horror movie. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. It really is. It really is something else. So, um, name name some other psychedelic films to help me ground myself. uh, Altered States is very psychedelic. Definitely. What about Leaving Las Vegas? No, not at all. Okay. It's about an al- alcoholic who drinks himself to death in Vegas. Okay. There's nothing psychedelic about okay. it. Okay. Name some more then. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Head, the monkey's movie Head, directed by Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I haven't seen that. That's psychedelic. Uh, Parts of Apocalypse Now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that um, helps. Okay, continue. That, yeah. So I think particularly the bit with where they, where they get to the bridge. Mm-hmm. And all the things are going off in the sky. Mm-hmm. And Lance says, you know that last t- acid tab? I just dropped it. <laughs> and like, dude, <laughs> I'm not sure that was the best thing to do. Um, so things go very badly in that um, Linus Roach's character decides to get naked and try and seduce Mandy. Uh, Mandy looks, takes one look at him and laughs her head off while she's on psychedelics and uh, Mandy is um, is sadly killed and burned burned alive, which, no burned alive which is really horrific Red, Red catches up with them but finds her dead, oh well burned uh-huh. and in a in a pivotal and utterly I think, you know, the one of the most Nicolas Cage movies in a scene ever. Nicolas Cage Nicolas movies in Cage. a scene ever. He goes back to his um to this trailer, falls asleep exhausted and in shock, and he wakes up realizing what's happened. He consumes an entire bottle of vodka and then just screams in agony in ca- on camera. And the camera just stays on him whilst he's whilst he's roaring and screaming uh-huh. in rage. And it's just an incredible bit of acting, really. Mm. You know, it's really just kind of primal and real and raw and the kind of thing that not many actors can actually get away with mm. without looking stupid. But because it's Nicolas Cage, you just think, yeah, okay, no, I can buy it. Um, uh, yeah, really something. I, I really, I was really quite moved by it as, mm-hmm. as a as a piece of, piece of art. Um, in the morning... Red fetches his reaper, which is his crossbow, and some freshly crafted arrows, and some information on how to find the black skulls. And he tracks them down. And uh, he tells the guy who's given him the crossbow and the arrows and the info that his odds of survival are poor. (laughs) But he forges a battle axe and hunts down the bikers. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So your tone is telling me that we don't need to take this film very seriously. Well, no, you don't really know. Uh, and what follows then is um, he uh, he he inadvertently consumes cocaine and LSD, goes on a massive trip, mm-hmm. and then engages in a chainsaw battle <laughs> with the leader of the Black Skulls. <laughs> Which has to be seen to be believed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
he then catches up with the uh, the Manson-esque group and with Jeremiah Sand and um, he burns the church down that they are in to the ground and uh, manages to escape um, it's an incredible piece of work Mandy it's it's like for me it's like full tilt full filmmaking mm-hmm. no holds barred uh, it's quite extreme in places it's quite exploitative it's quite it's for me it's quite a throwback to the kind of stuff that George Romero was making on the side in the 1970s so there's, a movie, there's a movie well there's a movie called Night Riders which 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 Romero made which I watched um long time ago now this must have been like uh early 90s I think maybe even a little bit earlier than that I watched it was on television and I can it was um a, a, a mistaken watch you know I wasn't planning on watching it it just came on and you know the, the announcer said it's George Romero's Night Rider so I, oh George Romero I like George Romero I didn't know he made this and it's a film about a biker gang weirdly enough so um, they have a taste for human flesh they don't okay. no um led by Ed Harris who is you know a bit of a legend uh also Mary Elizabeth Mastron Antonio is in it as well and it's about a biker gang who think they are the a modern day knights of the round table <laughs> and ed harris is is king arthur to them and it's quite goofy and quite silly but it kind of works in the way that george romero could get a really silly idea to kind of work mm-hmm. um night riders does kind of work uh, most of that's down to the to the performance of ed harris and also um tom savini in it is in it as well which is interesting in an acting role uh so it's kind of it's reminiscent of of stuff that people were doing in the 70s and 80s in terms of mandy is a film that sort of defies categorization but you know to say that it's a psychological horror puts you in the right kind of ballpark um i think it's a it's a really really good piece of work one that certainly stuck with me notably the uh you know the quite extreme imagery and the chainsaw battle is a thing to behold so when you say it's psychedelic what is that how does that actually come across um it comes across in the way that it's slightly woozy i think the camera angles are quite funky um and sort of make you feel slightly ill at ease mm-hmm. uh the color is frequently quite quite intense and this is to represent the fact that the characters are taking are, off their faces yes exactly yes um uh it's uh it's quite a piece of work i really really enjoyed mandy it's um uh, i doubt that looking at looking at the budget had a budget of six million which isn't very much and a box office of 1.4 million so not enough people saw this film Mm -hmm. and which is such a shame because it really is very very good very very good indeed so it's it's like is it like enjoyable oh yeah is that what that's what uh, what i'm getting at is like what is good about it is it like uh, you know does it like change your life or is it just enjoyable okay scary so i i think um enjoyable for uh, a full bore nicholas cage performance Mm -hmm. it's not in a rubbish film 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I could argue that Nicolas Cage gives a full-bore Nicolas Cage performance in The Wicker Man, but that's a terrible movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm so curious. It's so, so bad. <laughs> it's so, so bad. Um, so, uh, you know, and this is a film that Nicolas Cage absolutely delivers the goods in, but it's a very, very good film. Um it's hugely enjoyable. You know, hugely enjoyable for Nicolas Cage's very committed performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very well directed. It's well written. It, you know, all the other performances are very good as well. And it's got lots of violence and scariness. And yes. Colourful yeah. images. Very much. Uh, I'm trying to think that of another film that it's evocative of, and I can't really think of the ones that I listed earlier on give you an idea really i'll just read out some comments though from from rotten tomatoes which mm-hmm. is it's got a 91 percent rating on rotten tomatoes mm-hmm. um and it says that the film's gonzo violence is fueled by gripping performance by nicholas cage and anchored with palpable emotion conveyed between its volcanic outbursts yeah i mean it's when it's emotional I, you know the scene in the trailer where he you know he sort of cathartically just screams and yells is really powerful mm. Um, and it, it, it's almost like what else would you do given the circumstances really mm-hmm. it kind of works in that way um, so Nick Allen of RogerEbert.com praised the film saying that for all the endless feral performances that Cage has given in movies good, bad and forgettable <laughs> Cosmatos style driven 80s-tastic passion for weird worlds and characters takes full advantage of Cage's greatness and then some. Hey, that's exactly what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> 80s-tastic. A- 80s-tastic, yeah. Um, in, a, in a five-star review for Dirty Movies, Stephen Lee Nash called the film a blood-soaked revenge caper, mm-hmm. praising Cosmatos for a masterful approach that aligns him with Kubrick and Lynch in delivering perfectly believable and fully realised words and characters that operate within their own laws of physics. I don't agree with the thing about Kubrick, um, but actually, thinking about it now, this is quite similar in tone to Lost Highway, which is, um, I think, a kind of a forgotten Lynch classic, Lost Highway. Mm -hmm. A very strange film, Lost (laughs) Highway. You know, even for David Lynch, it's pretty weird. I feel like I've seen it and I didn't understand it at all. <laughs> That's very likely. Uh, um, and certainly uh, the last sentence of that is that characters that operate within their own laws of physics is very true of Mandy. In that the film has an internal logic, but that eternal logic really works very well. Right, but it's not and necessarily that- always the logic that we would recognise in the real world. No, but it stays true to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It doesn't step outside of it um, and then break the spell, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. It keeps it up all the way through, which I think is to be commended. Um, yes, so Lost Highway. It starts off with Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman goes to jail and then changes into Balthazar Getty, at which point he has to be released from jail because he's not Bill Pullman anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very strange movie, but <laughs> so that is man. That's Mandy. I just did Mandy. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds uh, 
Uh, it's good. It's very, very good. I mean, I was going to do a different movie tonight, which, I, which I've actually kept in my back pocket for another time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was looking through the stuff that I watched in the last um, few months, and I was going to do a different film. And then I, then I saw Mandy, and I thought, no, 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 Mandy. We should be talking about Mandy and, and how people should watch it. Right. Well, we get the word out there. Let us know what you think of it, listener, when you watch it. Yeah, definitely. And if you have seen it, let us know whether you liked it or not. Mm. Um, I'd be interested to see how many people have actually seen it and enjoyed it, or just seen it. Maybe you saw it and hated it. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. That's Mandy. Very good. So, I I mean, I guess I've slightly asked you the question, but the, the my question is, what does it add to the world? Why is it good that it exists? Um, okay. What does it add to the world? It reminds you that Nicolas Cage can be fantastic in a, in a film given the right material director. In a film that he is properly engaged with. He is a force to be reckoned with. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sure I've talked about this before in the pod, but I'm going to say it again anyway, in that actor Ethan Hawke wrote a, a short essay about how Nicolas Cage has taken acting to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. Um in that the way that he delivers those lines and the and you know the scene in the trailer with the screaming and roaring nobody else could do that mm-hmm. nobody else could pull that off in the way that Nicolas Cage does uh and that's what that's what Ethan Hawke is talking about is is that it's a completely different way of approaching the the art of performance mm-hmm. so if you're frustrated by some of Cage's performances this is a good one too oh definitely uh, yeah. help you out a bit definitely uh, there is a, um, a movie that came out I think it was last year or the year before called Mum and Dad which is Cage and Selma Blair <clears throat> and it's a sort of high concept thing that is again very kind of George Romero-esque in which something happens it, it's never really entirely clear what it is but something happens that causes all parents to want to kill their children, but only their children, mm-hmm. not other people's children. Uh, that's the concept of the movie. Uh, and that's Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. And that is another really committed Nicolas Cage performance in a film that's mm-hmm. actually quite dark and disturbing, mm. but it manages to be very funny at the same time. Uh, so again, treading a fine line. Just that, that fine line between clever and stupid. <laughs> or stupid so, and clever. Uh, uh, I, so what I've been watching recently, Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Continuing to like it. Yes, I think season um, three is definitely less grim. Yeah, I'm quite enjoying the relief from grimness. I'm enjoying Bradley Whitford. Who's that? He was Josh in the West Wing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's so brilliantly ambiguous. He really is, isn't he? You're not really sure exactly where where that character's going. Or, yeah. Because, you know, he did something at the end of season two that was quite gallant. Yeah. But now I'm not really sure whether he's still gallant. Yeah, is or, he even on the side yeah. of the good guys? And if he yeah, is, I, I don't is know. he safe? Yeah, for, I don't for think he, I, I definitely don't think he's safe. Yeah. Um, He's, He's certainly committed to his own survival. Yeah, maybe that's what's making me think he's not trustworthy. Yeah. In that if things really start to go south, he'll just 
throw everyone to the wolves. Yeah, he's in it for the long game. I think probably yeah. he's trying to undermine the system, but, but he's planning what? to survive that. Yes, but I don't know why he's trying to undermine the system. I mean, obviously, we he know... to I architect think, it. Well, that's what I was going to say, yeah. So he's one of the architects of the system, but maybe he's realised that the whole thing's rotten. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel yeah. like it must be that he never meant it to be like this. Yeah, I mean, why would you? Yeah. Unless you were a screaming psychopath, which he clearly isn't. Like all the other characters are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so actually, I think season three, it's good to have a relief from Joseph Fiennes, his character, who I thought was just unremittingly evil in season two. Yeah, um, and it's a, kind it's a little of, bit boring. I know everyone loved him, but... They kind of slightly think, they kind of wrote him into a corner, I think. Right. Um, and didn't really leave him anywhere else to go other than being mm. unremittingly evil. Yeah, I was thinking that his wife might have more of a role in this. Well, I'm hoping she will. Which she, I you think know, she, she burned down the house and everything. She yeah. did, yeah. In some style. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, to the sound of... Um, oh, what a good soundtrack. Oh, a meatloaf song. Was it a meatloaf song? Uh, tell me why I don't like Mondays. Oh no, that's not meatloaf. That's a Boomtown Rat. Which is yeah, but a, I felt like it was a meatloaf version, but I was no, probably no, it's, wrong. It's the Boomtown Rats version, which is just a fantastic okay. song. It's really good to hear that okay. again because that was a big hit back in the day, and I got a bit sick of it. But when you listen to it all the way mm-hmm. through, it's a really, really good song. Dark, disturbing. Still relevant, unfortunately. Okay. To this day. Yeah. Also, we've been watching some Taskmaster. I've heard of that. What's that all about? A boot. Taskmaster is a silly game show type thing. Um, On Dave, made by Dave. Not not one of these. Dave started off by just repeating things on BBC, but... The Dave like Channel or UK QI TV has started making yeah. programs. Yeah, um, so it is popular comedians um, being given silly tasks to do oh. with rules. So, like some of them are like quite practical, physical things, like um, get this egg as high as you can with using this equipment, uh, and some of them, and all kinds of different tasks. And the people on it are funny, and they have the same people on for weeks, and for the whole series. Oh, okay. So they, there is time for the kind of relationships and banter to develop between them. Bants. Um, and it's highly entertaining. I must, uh, I must check this out. It's presented by, what's his name, who used to be a teacher, who's incredibly tall. What? Oh, Greg Davis. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Who's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, I like Greg Davis. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so uh, that sounds good. I shall have to check this out. It's co-presented by Alex Horn, who is Alex Horn, um, who was previously not particularly heard of, I think, but he actually created okay. the game. But he is in the bants. He is uh, the whipping boy of Greg Davis. Right. He's okay. mercilessly bullied, and it's very funny. So he's, and the he's rubbish. Herring. He's like, yeah, and he's yeah. he's. Uh, He's like a terrible presenter as well, and that's very funny as well. But actually, well, he created the whole thing. Terrible. Yeah. Did you watch any of This um, Time with Alan Partridge? It's good. Did you watch... Uh, uh, not really. 
I'm okay. aware of Alan Partridge. Yeah, that was a good show. That was a good show. So I can recommend Taskmaster. We've actually, slightly controversially, started watching it from series one with our kids, even though it contains quite a lot of swearing, and that's not really recommended. Is it hefty swearing? or like um, S-words and F-words? Yes. Okay. But do they so enjoy it? They love it. <laughs> Partly because it's slightly forbidden. And afterwards they say... They've like worked I their way f- up from... I effing love that show. <laughs> you're like, yeah. You're like, yeah, whatever. It hasn't leaked out so far. Effing <laughs> <laughs> um, and jeffing. We, they work their way up from the Radio 4 comedies. Right. Okay, which well, that, can that's get a bit of a, fairly that's a, bit of a jump, well. isn't it? That's a bit of a jump. Yeah. It's like watching Mac and Me and then Alien. <laughs> but um, the thing about Taskmaster is, other than the language, it's completely harmless family okay. fun. So, I mean, it depends how you feel about language. But the thing is that I'm sure the kids at school use much, I, much fruitier. I think it depends on what context it's used. I think in the context of something like Taskmaster, it's fairly innocuous. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's used in a threatening sexual way, then it's not innocuous at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. it's more about what you say than the, the vocabulary you use, I think. Exactly, yeah. But on the other hand, I wouldn't like the kids to pick it up and start using it because it would get them in all kinds of well, yes. trouble. But I think, that, I, think that, I think that they'll be okay and they hear much worse at school. I'm sure they do. Yes, I'm sure they do. But yeah, other than that, it's very good family fun. Cool. Okay, I shall put this in my PVR and record it. I'll put it in my PVR. Cool. Did you watch any I'll of what we, do in the sh- what we do in the sh- what we do in the shadows? Did you watch uh, what we do in the shadows? TV show? No. How was I going to watch that? It was on uh, the BBC. BBC Two. Oh, really? Yes. In fact, it might no, still I be on. I think you've mentioned it. Right. Yeah. It's very very funny. Tell me again about it. It's based on a movie. So a movie that came out a couple of years ago. It was directed by Taika Waititi, who made Hunt for the Wilder People that we talked about on this pod. Uh-huh. And the movie is set in a... something up on the internet. Okay. The movie's set in a house in New Zealand, I think Wellington, New Zealand, in which a bunch of vampires live. Um, and it, I'm and just checking uh, whether it's on. That's what I'm doing. Okay. There's a camera crew following the vampires around... And it's about vampires living in the modern world and how they get by in quite a kind of um, amateurish way. Right. In that, in that they just don't understand the modern world at all and how stuff works, even though they've lived, you know, they've lived a long time. <laughs> uh, and the the TV show is the, basically the same premise, but it's set in uh, Rhode Island, I think, in the United States. Uh, it features Matt Berry... Um, Tash Dimitru um, and it is right. yeah it looks very... like all 10 episodes are still available on iPlayer well you you should binge those as soon as possible because it's very very funny oh good very funny yeah. that's cool and they're short as well they're like 20 is it as funny minutes? as Brooklyn Nine-Nine yes definitely definitely I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine so if you imagine if you imagine The Office the American mm-hmm. version of The Office, or the UK version, but with vampires talking about, you know, being vampires in a modern world. 
uh it's mm-hmm. it, it is very funny yeah i think you'll okay. like it a lot yeah yeah brooklyn the other thing we've watched... oh, i love it the other thing we've watched recently is a little bit of the football really enjoyed um germany sweden I haven't seen any of the football though england are playing tonight Excellent game. they're playing the united states they're currently 2-1 down oh dear that's bad yes. well the united states are a very good how team how long have they got left uh, it, they're on 47 minutes now so uh, okay. what's that this is, it'll be too late for us to warn about spoilers in the football when we release this so it's probably yes. not, nothing to worry about um, but they, they let's have a look so yeah the US scored after 10 minutes England pulled one back after 19 minutes and US scored again 31 minutes so I, I expect more goals in the okay. second half, by the looks of it. But uh, come on, England! Yeah. Come on, you white reds! Whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I think they're in red. I think they're in the away away right. kit red. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's all. A little I, that's football all I update think. for you. A little, uh, yes, I think that's all I got. Should we do some plugging? Yeah, let's do you. Do, you go first because I'm not. I don't think I've got anything. <laughs> okay, uh, so I, in addition to this pod, I have another podcast feed called Movie Mashup, which is no camera case, no caps, no camera case, no caps, no camera which case, is, no caps, which is um, a continuation of the podcast feed that I used to have for my radio show, which is now long since defunct. But I still post updates to that podcast feed about stuff that I've watched, although I haven't posted one for a couple of weeks. It has quite a lot so of that's listeners. a non non spoilerific yes. movie recommendations, things yeah, on TV, short, things in cinema. Yeah, it's short, like five minute, maybe ten minute reviews of a movie, um, to just give listener an idea of what they could be watching. Um, it's non spoilery. Uh, usually, doesn't digress too much. Um, <laughs> And occasionally I go, I sort of do a longer form one where I talk about maybe a series of films or a director or something like that. So, um, but I haven't been to the cinema recently and I haven't really seen anything that I thought was worthy of, of talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so I haven't posted one for a while, but that, that has a, a good number of subscribers. I, I suspect maybe some crossover with this pod of listeners, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah. So that's my plugging. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, you should buy my game Rabbit Escape from you the uh, Play Store. It's a bit like Lemmings, if that means anything to you. You have to help some rabbits escape um, by giving them abilities, like the ability to dig through a wall or build a bridge or something like that. Um, sometimes the rabbits have to help their friends in order to get enough of them out. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they encounter the terrifying rabbits. Which explode on contacts with rabbits. Sometimes my arms bend back. <laughs> Sometimes my arms bend back. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, uh, check out my YouTube videos about programming. I haven't made one for ages. I should get oh. round to that. Get and cracking. my blog, often about programming. Yep. What I've actually been doing a lot of recently is watching people on YouTube play Go, the board game Go. I oh. utterly love it. Okay, that's interesting. I spend a lot of time. I've been watching a bit on Twitch as well because there isn't enough on YouTube to feed me. Right. Maybe I should make some videos about Go. I'm not Maybe good enough, should. though. 
Yeah. I've been learning a new programming language, Rust, which I will eventually make some videos about. I'm cool. planning a secret new podcast project, which will be on more serious topics, but that is not ready for me to preview. I have an existing podcast project called um, the Imagine Thought Experiment Project, which is me Ooh. droning on about whether God doesn't exist or does exist um, in a very boring way, uh, which you can find links to from the About page of the Good Robot Andes. Speaking of the Good Robot Andes, you can find us by searching with your favourite search engine for the Good Robot Andes. You can find us on Twitter, at Good Robot Andes, uh, mastodon.social at goodroboandies at mastodon.social um, you can interact with us through our website you can listen to the, the pods on the on the webpage right there and make a comment there on the blog or you can tweet or toot at us and we will happily discuss we will with you overjoyedly yes discuss with you we will because we love your feedback we love to interact with you listener We'd love to know if you've seen Mandy. Because yeah, I'd really like thought. to know what other people make of it. Yeah. Is that it? And, oh, yeah. And we have a oh. tech episode that we are brewing, but we haven't actually worked yes. on it yet. But we'll, we'll be getting to that soon. We haven't done a tech episode for a while. Also, let us know tech topics you'd like us to cover. Yes. Um, we want, on this on this pod, we want to talk about... Um, tech subjects that are currently confusing you um, try and unlock them a bit so let us know yeah. if there's stuff you hear about in the news or you're worried about that you would like us to try and um, clarify for you yeah that sounds good I think that might be it I think that's it thank you very much thank you see you next time bye bye